All right, we are live. All right, you are tuning in to the Unapologetically Loud podcast. This podcast uh, is endorsed or sponsored by December Photography. Are you looking for a family photo, engagement photos, graduation photos, or are you just an Instagram model looking for the right angles? Then December Photography is the place to go. Um, with bundle packages packages as low as $75 she is truly the best person to go to she has done a lot of photos for Jordan and I who couldn't be here at the moment but December photography purelywishfulthinking.com click her tab book her now what you waiting for alright I am joined by a guest because a good friend of mine is taking some time for his personal life and his mental health, which we all should once in a while. Uh, before I say his name, I am Lamacracy, aka LT Shaw, and I'm joined by Daniel. I'm, I'm Daniel. I'm here with uh, Monty. I am uh, Monty's uh, brother in law. And it is good to have you. It's been a long time coming. Uh, we've been trying to get you over the house for a minute, but we yeah. finally got you, though. We trapped you. I think it's been like uh, three or four like different invites that I haven't been able to make it to or something like that. And yeah, it's, it's nice to finally come over and see your house. So it's yeah. good to be here. Thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah. We clean this place as if, like, you know, like better than how we were normally living. Like, because that's always the thing, like, when you find out, oh, we have guests coming over, they can't see how we really live. Yeah. Well, it's tough. It's tough to maintain a house and, oh. and, and, uh, you know, as you know, too, like, especially owning a house, as you get into home ownership and everything like that, you just start to realize, uh, how, how responsible you have to be. It's like, oh man, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know I signed up for all this stuff. Yeah, but. Exactly. Like, you know, you'll be just walking in the house and you hear like an unusual sound. You're like, oh, that sounds expensive. Yeah. Or, or it's a ghost, but you know. If it's, a, if it's a ghost, I'm like, well, hey man, I'm sorry. This is your home. I'm going to dip. Uh, you take care of your, this life and the app and then, and, uh, your afterlife and hopefully you finish your unfinished business. Yeah. We've actually, December and I have a few stories about that for another time, uh, about our house that we actually Actually bought, but yeah, we bought a house back in 2015, and um, we, we bought it, and it's actually on a pretty decent sized plot of land. We've got yes. uh, 2.8 acres, so that's, a, that's a good amount of land. I'm yeah. telling you, like that's a like when I came over, I'm like man, that's what a, that's why I want. Uh, like uh, I mean, obviously we don't have a lot of land here. We have like a lot of neighbors, so limits the land. But in the future, though, I, like I'm like you know what? I want some land. I want some land so that. Uh, our dog, if he's like, you know, like hopefully still around with us, like can just run free and just go crazy and same with the kids, just like have that space to just be active and stuff. Okay, you got this little bitty backyard. Stay right here. Right. And and the good thing is is you get, if you got extra land, eventually you get the capital you can build extra buildings. Like you know, you never know you'd end up with a studio in your backyard or something. Exactly. Like that the, exactly. You know, podcast, so. and, and you know, uh, that really does go uh, right into a uh, a, a topic about uh, home ownership, and especially um, as us millennials too. Uh, are you 24 or 25? I'm, I'm 25. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, so um, cause I, I know you were like a, a little bit younger than me, but I didn't know by by how much. Yeah, how, old are you, how old are you? I will be 27 in March. Okay, just a few years. That's yeah. Nothing. Man, man. Well, we but I'm still experiencing like the same things, like cult, like like pop culture wise. It's like, but um, you know, as millennials you know we um, I mean 
personally speaking, I have started to see a lot more like my friends get into home ownership and will go from like whether it's the, like the parents or go or go from the apartment to home ownership. And uh, there is there is some I don't know your opinion on it specifically, but like I have seen some sort of some critiques about millennials and home ownership about how like like we just don't want to. Um, uh, leave mom, mom and dads, or or like we just want to stay in our apartments. Uh, what's your What are your thoughts on on that in particular? Well, I, I think one of the first things to consider is it's not necessarily. Uh, I don't think it's a full just decided reluctance to leave the parents' house. I think a lot of people are starting to realize uh, the expense that it takes to actually purchase a home and, and to maintain it, right? And Absolutely. Because we, uh, especially our parents in, in a separate generation, you know, our, our parents had a little bit easier access to capital and credit than we did. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's changed a lot. And another thing that you see with millennials, too, is you also see uh, their opinion of credit change quite a bit. Like, I... I'm the type of person who I don't think credit is good in general at all. I think that I I would like to get to the point where I can operate all of my business manners and all of my personal manners without the need for credit, basically being my own central bank. You right. know, to, uh, because, because in the end, uh, people take on very large debts that they can't handle and, and it leads to some of the issues that we have now where people uh, feel stuck in one place or they don't know where to move or how to move and things like that so and especially like um, I mean because uh, uh, for, for a while before I had this house you know, my credit wasn't really I, to put it nicely wasn't that good and right. you know luckily you know I met some people who in the process of getting this house helped me take shortcuts I mean very legal shortcuts to like pay off certain things to get this house in it and like they told me okay go go get this credit card and I want you to spend this much for this amount of time and then you know all the and then he would report it yeah and I mean that was very great very good and all and you know that led to my led to getting a home but I just the the hoops that, that you got that you got jump through just to get just just good enough home credit right to is just ridiculous and something something that you said too um, I can definitely agree with especially as um, as, as millennial myself is you know the the opinion on credit has changed because probably for an older generation you know credit was very important but as as generations have gone by and ways of thinking have changed whether they've evolved or degraded is that credit seems like almost like it can it's it's stunting it's stunting us now you know i do i, I do think that we should be held accountable if we have like credit cards and we overspend and you know go to debt collection things like that but at the same time when it comes like you know i want to be a homeowner and i have the money for a down payment you know and i have the job like if, if it because of course when you go to buy a home you got to show that you have like the amount of money in your savings or checkings and Maybe you have a, a good job that, that can afford, you know, allow you to take to take care of this home and to pay your mortgage. If you have all those, then I think, in my opinion, you fit the criteria. But if like, oh, well, you never owned a credit card because maybe, you know, maybe you've seen your parents have credit card debt and it's like, I don't want that in my life. Or, oh, you never took out a loan. Like, well, then, you know, why should I like trust you? Like, well, I have the money. I have the employment that allows me to do that. So... 
let me have this house, please. Right. Well, and and that's the thing is is it's uh it it's unfortunate that uh, basically that's the way that it operates, but that's how it does, right? Because mm-hmm. it's think about how difficult it is to accumulate thirty thousand dollars, you know, just yourself, especially as a young person over time. You yeah, know? And, and it's definitely possible. And and the other portion of it is. Um, Purchasing homes without uh, taking credit or saving up a large portion of capital to purchase those homes when you're young uh, is difficult because it puts you in an uncomfortable position sometimes. Like sometimes you have to purchase a house that's in distress and then live in something that's maybe subprime or not that you're used to when you were younger, you know, but right. it's all a matter of working your way up and, and you know, taking steps uh, and investing so that you can get to a point where um, your home grows and you're not losing equity or you're not taking too large of a mortgage. Right. I think I think another thing people do sometimes is they, they take a, a step into it too quickly where they're just looking for a home that uh, is the top of the line already when they're, they're pretty young. And it's yeah. like, you know, you might not have the money to do that. Oh, yeah. So, so. It's like, yeah, they... they a, a big thing that I've seen, um, and it's very, very down the middle. I've I've seen with um, our generation is either we live, we try to either, like you know, I won't say down the middle, but I've seen either millennials try to live in the same means as their parents taught them, like oh, you know, um, you just got to do X, Y, and Z, and you'll be fine. When I've obviously, you know in the way that the world, this, uh, the world has changed and the country has changed and so on and so forth you know certain things just aren't really that po- aren't that possible anymore right and, and I, I think that's uh, that's a really good point and a good thing to bring up because it goes deeper than just you know oh well I can't get the job that you could or that I can't um, you know that things are more expensive than they were when you were younger it's it's like when your, our parents were younger the thing is though it's the whole the whole system's dried up like the whole the whole economic situation that we've been living in for for the past you know uh, 40 50 years even has been uh, it, it's just been accumulating debt and it's been growing in a fashion that uh, is unsustainable and, and you see a lot of uh, I've spoken to a lot of people, a lot of people our age, who will like um, look at the way that factory farming works, right? How how meat is grabbed, and they look at all of the plastic and and all of the things that go into the ocean and those types of things, and it's like you just realize that it's not sustainable. Like we can't, it, it doesn't take a genius to realize that we can't keep doing this uh, indefinitely. You know, there has to be changes that eventually happen, right? And, and those changes happen in the economic system as well, right? We've run up so much debt, our government has 23 trillion dollars in debt now it's it's people don't even understand what that word means right like it's we say it and it's like well yeah imagine the time that it would take to work that off like we exactly can't at and, this point and it's i mean yeah and and it's not like you know um uh, uh, millennials don't want to work hard to to have good things you know it's just a matter of like how like because entry level used to uh, for our parents really meant entry level but now like, entry level is uh, you got to have a bachelor's or a master's and you got to have four years of experience when you know no one's going to keep but <laughs> I always go, go over this with my with uh, Fantasia is that you know she's trying to get a job too yeah. in a certain field that she's going to college for but they're telling her oh we need experience like well I'm going to school for it so you know 
well, I, I'm, I have the education. Like, yeah, but you need right. experience. Like, so I can't get the experience if you don't give me it. Right. You know, like I like, like you're not born with like you know five, ten years of engineering and 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 six masters in business. You know. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. Well, and that's the hard thing is is because. One thing is that the, the degrees don't necessarily mean competence anymore, and, no. and it's 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 hard for employers to differentiate who is going to be a productive employee and who's just going to be more expensive because they have their degree and, and produce maybe even less at, at some right. point, you know. Right. So and I've seen, and not to cut you off too, yeah. but I've seen people who who don't have degrees, you know, put in and I, I mean I'll respect you a lot, of my friends who do have degrees, but like in certain fields, I've seen people who don't have degrees put in the hours and time more than people who who have just the nice piece of paper that says, hey, I I I either I, I had some I had grants or like mom dad paid for it or I got scholarship or whatever, but I went to the school for X amount of time, so now I fit you know part of the credentials while. Meanwhile, like this guy has been here for four or five years, grinding it out, learning everything he could on the job, you know, built a good rapport with the supervisor and whatnot. But I get to step over him because or her because, you know, I went I went here. And, you know, again, I'm not knocking school, but at the same time, I think that uh, if we're going to constantly talk about, you know, uh, back, you know, back in my day, hard work and this got you here, or if you want a good job, you went to school, but I think I'm losing my train of thought with that is it, it's it's uh, what I'm ultimately trying to say is just how um, how imbalanced um, things are, whether it's economically or education-wise with economics, it's yeah. not, it's not like, it's like you said, it's not a level of competence, it's just a matter of like, well, um, is he going to work hard or or will this guy um, ha- um, with a degree, you know, get us further? Right, well, and, you know, and, and some people excel at things and, and you know, there's people who excel at things without having a degree, and, and as uh, you might be aware, I'm one of those people who works in a function role that a lot of people get uh, a four-year degree for, but I don't, I don't have one. I just have some technical college, so, and, but I, I'm a controls engineer, so mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, and that's something that um, I learned a, a lot from watching my, my, my father. My father was a very skilled technician. He was, uh, he's, uh, he's a master mechanic. He's an ASC master mechanic. Nice. And, um, but the thing is he, he never really attained like a, you know, he didn't attend formal schooling. He, he eventually over the years of doing it, he attained his certifications and stuff like that. And, um, and but, a knowledge for it too. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And, but it was just something that he excelled at and something that he did from a young age. Right. And, mm-hmm. and when you, when you start to realize that um, the, the the world is built up of a portion of people, and and it's like ninety percent of people understand what's going on, uh, don't understand what's going on, and the other ten percent are kind of like trying to show them a way, and they and they fully understand something, right? And, right. And even even if you pursue a degree, it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna you're gonna capture the whole image of it. But I, I feel like I'm going off a topic here. It's, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. That's the way of the part of of, of a conversational podcast. Is sometimes yeah. you might you know. Talk about one thing, about home ownership. Yeah. Way back over there, and now we're talking about this. But yeah. and basically, houses are expensive. I think that's how we got there. Yes, houses are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, I just had an assessor walk by our neighborhood. And he was like, "Huh." 
Hmm. And then I got a call from my from my mortgage company say, Hey, we're just calling to let you know that um you're gonna uh, that your payments are gonna go up sixty dollars. Uh, would you like to make a make a payment today? I'm like, No, I'm fine. Thank you. I already paid you already. Your your insurance assessor or something I, I, like that. Yeah, the assurance and the prop and the people who like yeah. like monitor the property because yeah. my wife have made it's like like in front of the house where you see the red mulch. Yeah. Actually, no, I don't think you can because there's snow there. But yeah. in the very front where the window is, there's like the little flower bed. Then below below that, there's there was flowers and red mulch and right. I'm sure you saw it on the on the uh, porch as well but there was all bushes there and it looked ugly as hell right and then um, he cut, we cut them down. We pulled the roots out and everything. Um, there's still weeds that get through though. But um, now the house looks, at least at, at, at first glance, like, wow, it looks good. Right. There's not an ugly bush there. And also too, like if someone wanted to try and sneak up on us to, to, to get us now, we, yeah, now we can, can see, see it. You can see it through the bush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, you know, like now like, you know, like the insurance has gone up um, and I was like, come on, man. Yeah. It's like, well, that's the price you get for trying to live in a good neighborhood. I'm like, but isn't that what you want? If you if you want to have children one day, it's like, oh, you know, I would love to to live in a home. I mean, live in a neighborhood where I mean, like, I grew up in a very bad, quite bad neighborhood, and you know, I just you just don't want that, right? Especially for your kids or for your spouse or even for yourself. Like, yeah. I want to be able to walk out my house and you know maybe go to the corner where where, where my neighbors talk to him for a minute, not yeah. have to fully worry about like, that is my door unlocked. I, I've got I've got a very uh, interesting perception of, of, of like property ownership and, and like what a neighborhood is and what a community is and because mm-hmm. all all my life I've kind of lived on a larger lot you know I've lived in a city but it's been kind of offset and I haven't had neighbors like all too super close to me and mm-hmm. and part of the reason for that was. Uh, uh, one, my father was a mechanic, so we had his lot, you know, basically where our house was. But it was, to me, it's the utility of where you live, and and what it's not only like the the structure in which you sleep and you spend your time, but it's how else can you use the things around you and, and the land and the resources around you to uh, maintain your state of living or to uh, entertain yourself, right? Right. Because I, I'm the type of person who wouldn't be able to live in an apartment because I like to have a campfire in my backyard. Right. I, I like to be able to sit under the trees and look at the stars and, and um, you know, know that I have the ability and the space to throw down some seeds and grow some plants if, if I wanted to, right? And and so it's, it's very interesting to see areas where, um, you know, just like any city has, right, where it's, it's these older houses that were built in, in maybe, you know, maybe earlier than, than the 30s, but you know, you see some that are built in like the, the 30s to the 60s and like there are these houses like in uh, more urban areas and like, you know, the, towards the center of cities that are just stacked up next to each other. And right. it's like you have barely any yard and, and you've got nothing going on. And it's like, well, it's no wonder like people are doing drugs and like bad things because it's like, what else are we going to do? You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't go outside and play in my backyard because I don't have a backyard. Like what, what, how do I spend my time and you know, what is time? And and I think it's um, you know goes goes to a little bit uh, you know towards parenting too. It's it's weird to uh, kind of look at how we as millennials live our our lives as adults with the technology that we're surrounded with, right? Mm-hmm. And then to see how it captivates the consciousness of younger generations too and children. And and I see people 
my age that they get stuck like looking at their glowing rectangle and like that feeds their emotions and their happiness and their sadness and it's like right. you know you're sometimes sure you're interacting with people but it's in it's in such a small space and, it's, and there's not like a there's not such like like there's not so much context and, so, and there's not much of a connection because yes you know I can see the messages that you know like I mean I don't I'm like a text so now but like before when I was on Facebook and other sites a lot you know like you know you feel like you're interacting but yet you at the same time a part of your consciousness is like you're still by yourself in this room right or or the even sadder thing I've seen is that you know I'll hang out with well some people I would hang out with and we're all in the same room but no one is directly talking to each other we're all looking at what someone else is doing right you know and uh, and I do want to talk about uh, parenting when, when it comes to like like technology and other things you know I don't, I don't not parent myself is uh, is there is such a need to, to to have that that rectangle and it's very fascinating how we do connect our emotions to it and I think that's why personally I've backed away from Facebook more and more over like the last I think four years especially having my job to trying to protect you know my personal identity and things like that but, right. but uh, just because I just see some, some people get wrapped up in whether it's um, so um, I mean it's good to have you know like personal investment whether it's social issues policy or just like opinions it's good to have that but I think that having but I think social media has allowed people I saw this I saw this somewhere online is that is that social media has allowed people to be disrespectful without the fear of getting punched in the face yeah yeah I understand. yeah because because uh, when I grew up you know and I mean I mean when we were growing up yes like you know we were fortunate enough to not like we kind of got certain we got Facebook and certain things kind of late yes it was myspace and somewhat Twitter but but the big ones kind of like like the big one like Facebook came in a little bit later yeah. probably like in our mid to late teens you know so we probably so you know we weren't fully sucked in because we were so used to interacting or we had to use like the landline right. and coordinate when we all get together the mall but I, I, I saw know. that I saw that post too and the interesting thing I, I found about it is uh, in, in in my view you should be able to be disrespectful without having to worry about getting punched in the face because because there there are um, it, it's very difficult to define what respect is and what disrespect is that is and, true and um, there's particular people that are, are are very close uh, to you and I that um, uh, treat uh, treat a lot of my actions as complete disrespect or, or construe mm-hmm. them as disrespect and it's like well you know something may upset you or you may not agree with it but it doesn't necessarily give you the right to punch you in the face right, right and, I totally agree but, but I, I get the point right yeah. it's, it's, it's people people have the ability to say things without yeah. without fearing the repercussions or yeah. or not even fearing the repercussions um, at, of getting punched in the face but of seeing somebody react in a manner that's distasteful to what you just said Right, you know, because that's powerful. Because if you if you believe something and and if you think it's right and it's um, you know something that's been in your head for a while, and you say it and you see somebody react in a manner that shows disgust or they they they, they display that they're disrespected by it, it does it have kind, an effect. Yeah, it throws you off. It's like, well, you know, maybe especially if you like the person, because it's like, well, maybe I I should reconsider, you know, how how I'm presenting this idea or how I'm talking about these things because and and, and sometimes sorry again have to cut yeah, you yeah, yeah, maybe no. it's not always what you're saying but sometimes you know it, it's it's good to be simply a, something as simple as like the, the delivery like maybe what you're saying 
can resonate with them, but because maybe like the manner we say it, you know, and because we can't see how they're reacting to the way we're saying it. Right. I'm not saying got to be the, the the freaking voice and, and word police, but it does help to be able to recognize, oh, okay, I'm saying the correct thing, but how I'm saying it is not registering correctly. Right. I, I got to take a step back and reevaluate it. Well, it, especially when we're talking about very complex ideas. Oh, absolutely. Because, because there are, you can't, you can't, communicate everything down uh, efficiently in a string of comments on a Facebook thread. It just doesn't work, right? And right. that's one of the difficult things about uh, social media is I think that it's um, boiling down very complicated topics into like two or three uh, sentence memes. And it's uh-huh. like, well, all of this is BS because like it's, it's not this simple, right? It, yeah. It's never as simple as, as and, one side. And, and, and even too, like, you know, I mean, I love a good meme as much as the next person. Um, uh, well, I mean, well, at least within my type of humor taste, I like a good meme. Right. You know, everyone's comments are subjective. I love, I love like the dankest meme, dude. Like I watch the type of meme that is just like, what? What is this even doing? Like the internet just like regurgitated its brain out onto me. It's, it's, I, it's bad. It's I'm sometimes uh, I like I like things I, I like the memes that sometimes poke fun at things I like. Yeah. Like you know, I'll see like 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 funny Batman memes. I'm like, okay, that's. I like that. That's funny. I mean, you got me inside, but that's funny. And uh, I think like uh, like there is an over. Um, uh, we overly believe. Well, not all of us, but we believe that. Uh, like, let's say you see a meme about a social issue, for example, right? And it boy, like you said, it boils it down to maybe it's core, but not fully. Right. And people just take it like, well, it's a meme. It has the photo of the thing, so it must be true. And it's like, well, do you want to take a step back and maybe go in more into it? Like, I mean, whether it's something that you agree with, if you're anti this or pro that. You know, it's good to. I, I think it's still you should still do your due diligence, you know, and just make sure that you don't say something incorrect. Because, like, I'm all for like having disagreements with people. Like, I mean, I've had disagreements with many people who I'm still friends with this day, whether it's like religious, political, social, or even just like random comics, and we just like debate. You know, I think I think that's uh, I, I think that the importance of having that one on one, even if you're just on the phone too, like verbal speaking to someone you can hear their voice is you know is be able to to just have that healthy exchange but like we said with social media like and, and it's, it's not like ideas or maybe principles thing like like people just straight up say like like really heinous things right. that you wouldn't in real life say to someone yeah. fake like like directly to them because like like that meme that that we said before is that you know there's that there's not that fear of like retaliation right. or repercussions because oh I'm gonna just call someone an ass blasting bitch Lloyd and yeah. Nothing's gonna happen to me. Right. I'll just turn off my uh, my mentions and turn off and just turn off my phone, and then he has to deal with it. Right. You know. And I think that that that's one of the consequences of of social media, and that's something that I worry about for Gen Zers and the whenever whatever the generation after them is gonna be called. You know, is 
is the overdependence of, of sharing and the 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 idea that you always have to be right and then if you're wrong then that means that you're just stupid and there's nothing wrong with being wrong i'd rather be wrong all the time than be right all the time because then that's room for growth right yeah it's, it's highly it's highly polarized right either you're right or wrong and it doesn't matter what the subject is it, it's, it's how a lot of people treat it but there and, and to speak to that too there is also a large amount of people who, who also stand you know understand that it goes both ways and you can you know perceive it as both and, and um while we're talking about facebook another thing that like uh really gets me about it is is how much of just regurgitated information it is like nobody uh, one of the cool things about facebook originally was it was like oh cool like i can see how my friends are are feeling and what they're thinking and what they're posting and then like now it's so much passive data that's mm-hmm. just recycled and regurgitated from other pages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like now it, it's, it's even headlines too, just simple headlines. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and the articles. It's it's content that uh, you know doesn't even necessarily have to do with with that person in particular. They're, they they didn't create it or they're not connected with it, but it's just you know an image. And then that that gets into the world of, of sharing information just for the fact of generating revenue and getting mm-hmm. clicks and likes and page visits. So right. one one thing that, um, that I, I find interesting about like uh, the boomer Facebook kind of stuff <laughs> is uh, um, these posts that are like uh, it'll show like a picture of like a dog with one eye and it'll be like nobody loves this dog he looks so sad like I bet he can't even get one like and then it's like you share the picture and like one like and one share and it's like well obviously this image just exists for it to be shared and get a like it has nothing to do with this dog it's just trying to get people to share this and it's like how much of this is like uh, like created by like people in India or something just trying to generate likes right and because I'm in I'm in some YouTube creation channels on Facebook and um, like all it is is just people like sharing videos and like trying to bring up likes it's like a business of driving yeah. up, up views or, 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 or not even that too but like you know they share some some of their content so then oh, oh I like that stuff I like this thing I'm gonna go click on the profile and then I'll just follow the page right. and then maybe you know like oh they made their own content other than just sharing other content so you know that does I mean it is an idea to you know get garner to garner attention for your for your brand your product your whatever or your channel but like I think that what you said with the boomer well, I'm with boomers and and I want to say a full disclaimer I have nothing against boomers I mean I found the okay boomer um, means funny for a while and then I was like all right well that's gonna pass through and then it became funnier when when I saw real media outlets take it seriously I'm like guys just relax it's okay it's gonna it's gonna be like the last Spongebob meme it's gonna it's gonna pass every meme comes and goes except the catch me outside chick she's still here good god but um i've noticed that like i've seen like like a lot of boomers in in my place of work they'll say you know you know always question you know newspapers and in the televised media right but then in the same breath like regurgitate a possibly not true a meme about maybe this thing you per- thing or place or person you don't like because you just already chose not to like this thing right. and then there's just something out there that exists that says oh uh, a person right here hates kids like 
well, I told you he sucked. I'm like, yeah. do you wanna, do you wanna kind of back that up real quick and just do like research it? Right, right. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and and that coincides with like being right. And uh, before we get too far off, which I think we already have, is um, parenting. Now we talk about parenting on social media, and uh, something that uh, I came across. I came across two articles, uh, and um, I don't know which one you want to dive in first. I was kind of put them both out there and see which one you want to just jump at. There's the one with Steven Spielberg's daughter want, wanting to uh, get into adult films. Yeah, yeah. And so. there, and there is the one about a supposed survey about about dads that, that dads still don't understand anything about women's health. Which one do you kind of you do you want to kind of dive into? Uh, I mean, they're both they're both interesting topics. I. I uh, um, the Steven Spielberg one is interesting because it's like, you know, it, it does bring something into light that's not overly discussed, you know, with, with like basically being a, an adult actor or a sex worker, basically, you know, that's what it is. Um, and because I think Steven Spielberg, I, I, I read a little bit and he wasn't too on board with it. You know, he was he or was he encouraging? He was from what his her, her parents, from what the article said, were generally OK. But I mean, he did. He did. He, okay. They are supportive. They're supportive of their kids, which I mean, most parents are. They just have mixed feelings about the career choice for their do- for their adopted daughter, yeah. who has the same name as my sister. And and I always think, you know, because there there was such a time. I mean, I think that. Well, I don't know, because like I I would say there was such a time when you know stripping or doing porn or whatever it wasn't acceptable, but you know time has gone by we see that oh you know these people are just like they're just working it's not like you know they're just out here just like wants to motorboat me you know and uh, as a parent as a as as a father to a daughter you know uh what would what is your perspective about this like you know i mean i mean let's just remove the fact that this is steven spielberg who's made a lot of classic movies right this is a man whose daughter is going into adult films now i don't know like like uh, like she didn't specify specifically what she's doing she just knows what she wants to do like as far as like oh i want to bring a type of pleasure and joy to viewers yeah. now that could be as simple as strip teasing that could be doing a video where you're stripping or just like the intense stuff right and what's as what's your opinion about that as, as a parent about like you know like 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 not saying that this like that like oh if a child goes into that field that means that they didn't have good parenting or anything but like what's your opinion about that type of path and how does that make you feel well it's uh you know it, it's one of those things where it's like to each his own you know mm-hmm. in, in a way it's it's something that uh, as long as it's done uh, ethically and and the person isn't forced into it then it's you know you, you make your own decisions right and um it's it's for me it's kind of a question of uh, philosophy about what you're doing and and what it is 
um, that you're doing to generate revenue and how that affects your 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 mind and your spirit, basically. Because you know, not to get too in depth, and uh, but you know, we we are spiritual creatures. We have a spirit, right? And yes, I bring this up because it kind of goes into my perception of, of sex in general and that type of thing. Is it's um, you know, for some people, it's something that can be casual. It can be something that um, is approached haphazardly, and it's something you see a lot in our current culture with uh, like you know, different dating apps like Tinder and stuff like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, uh, it makes the physical gratification a lot easier, but, mm-hmm. um, one of the best parts about that physical gratification and the whole process of it is the effect that it has on the spirit and your consciousness. If that relation is continued and extended out properly, you know, and I think that's one of the things that, um, uh, a lot of people are really looking for when they when they when they go out and seek that stuff out. You know, there are like nymphomaniacs. There are like people who are completely driven by it and, and they just like love it. They enjoy it and, and they seek it out. And, and some of those people are troubled by that aspect of themselves. And some people embrace it and they they live it out and things like that. But. Uh, I made, this is a weird segue, but I made uh, YouTube videos for a while. You know, I was making YouTube videos and... Still subscribed. Still uh, waiting. I I haven't made anything in a while. And and the interesting thing is you start to realize that um, you're you're being driven to create by an algorithm. and, and, And a portion of it is you're you know, you are looking for, a lot of people are looking for revenue and to get views, right? And so um, if you're doing something like pornography and you're trying to generate revenue from doing that, you're gonna try and get the most views and do the most things that, you know, will will get you noticed and and that will make you stand out. So um, what I found happening and what a lot of YouTubers find happening and, and creators in general is, they end up pumping out content that they are not necessarily happy with. Like it's not right. coming from their spirit or their soul. They're, um, you know, like uh, like uh, there's musicians who say, well, basically it got to the point where I was making records and I was making albums where I didn't even know why I was there doing that or, or what was my drive for it. It was, it was just the money just to make it happen. And I fell into that pattern over so many years and, of doing it. And it's, and it's easy to do that. I mean, I mean, I, as a, I mean, I'm would like to one day have a YouTube series yeah. You know, or like books that people want to read. And, you know, I've, you know, early on in writing like like short, short, short stories and post them on this website. You know, for a while I was, I'm not going to say I was popular, but I was getting a, a good amount of clicks and reads. And I, I was trying to follow the market. Like, okay, well, this thing is popular, so I'll just churn out this and then put it out. Yeah. I'll churn out this, and there you go. And I realized over time that I don't like these stories. I don't like the content. I just, I was in a state where I was like, oh, I'm getting attention. That's awesome. Right. But then, you know, in the long run, are you happy with what you, what you're leaving behind? And, you know, we are, and, and because we're spiritual creatures, we can't take the physical with us. We leave, you know, whether our children behind we leave um uh we leave well we ultimately leave our legacy behind right and i would like to and i and i hope that you know over time with however youtube starts to grow evolve or 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 devolve is is that people want to create things because they like it and right and you know i have you know december in a project you know, luckily we already filmed her scene, so we're good right now. Yeah. You know, we're gonna have her. We're gonna have. A, I already got a body double for her for later, though. But um, you know, I want to make things that even if I get 
two views in the whole and in, 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 ever. I'm just happy that I did it. Right, right. You know, and it's just ultimately just to just kind of just do something different because writing takes forever in a day. Right. So at least like I can write a script and then just film literally what I, what I just made instead of having to try and convince people to read. Reading's hard. To, it's hard to get people to read. Yeah, people don't read. Yeah, but watching so passive. I can yeah. just hit play and, I'm, and I just yeah. sit there and take it in for five minutes. I'm done. Well, and, and, and so that's the thing is it's a question of how sustainable for the spirit is that yeah. time, right? And and like you wonder how many how many of those girls and guys that that choose that path like are in that position making a film or something like looking at the camera like questioning whether or not like this is like what they should be doing or where they should be in their life and and because it also has an effect on on interpersonal relationships for those people too because it it's it, it it creates a, a type of tension for certain people and things like that so it takes a lot of people off of the market for you like romantically because they don't want to be involved with that in general so because there is i mean even though we have fought you know especially i'm not gonna say our generation specifically but a lot of us have been kind of fighting against the stigma of like well you know uh, if you do porn like like oh that means you just like have a low thought like a, like a low perspective or a view of yourself but yeah. now it's like you know what like they like doing it you know it doesn't hurt my life right but you know but then when you want to want but then when you want to be romantic with someone then you it's, it's hard because you think like well that means that someone is is or is not being romantic with someone else yeah and other people are can see it now yeah and it can't hurt interpersonal relationships so and I think that is probably where Steven Spielberg and, and his wife are coming at with, with the whole thing is it's like you know you can do it if, if that's what you will but I would advise against it you know and it's not because it's not because they don't care about her it's because it, it might be advisable that it might not work out in the long run you know or or it might not be be good for her as a, as a person you know and and it's tricky because some people will paint it as like oh well you're you're making sex work and, and like adult films like in a bad light and it's like well I don't know there's some people who do that and they don't want to do it just like working in a coal mine you know what I mean the yeah. people that they're in that position because it's the only option they have at yeah. the time it's like they don't want to be filling their lungs with with black coal smoke, but they exactly. have no other choice. That's like, what they can yeah. do with the like, skills that they have. Yeah, or just maybe like, like like limited. I mean, well, for them, limited job proximity. Like okay, or like okay, my education is only so high, and maybe the jobs are available are, are so scarce. This is all I can do. You right. know. Now, opposed to um, Michaela, the uh, daughter of Steven Spielberg, uh, she does have a lot more resource resources. So right. I. I would I, it would lead me to believe that she's choosing this because she genu- genuinely wants to because when your father is Steven Spielberg one of the most one of the most iconic directors alive right. you know you have like you can do whatever you have right. the resources to do whatever so I think when you choose adult film that is I think a true passion pursuit right how old is she again I think she is she's got to be like within our age Yes, she is 23. Yeah. So yeah, she's like on a tiny bit. Only like I mean, yeah, a little bit younger. She's but, yeah. I she mean, said by technicality, she's a Z, she's a Gen Zer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the youngest Gen, I mean, the youngest money is 24 now. I swear to God, I bless him. I think she's just taking the But um. 
You taking him out? Okay. Don't worry about that, okay? If you see one missing, that's not my fault, okay? Y'all can't see. But yeah, I, I think I think you just uh, they're they're just about it. Yeah. And and it's a hard one in general. Like the the whole thing is like I don't know. You can make money off of it, and some people enjoy it and do it. Like yeah. I'm not going to prevent you from doing it, but mm-hmm. I would highly advise against it. You know, and then. I mean, yeah, and if, and if it were my daughter, I would want, I would really want to have a, like, a long sit down and just really see, like, is she, like, is she prepared? Has she, like, I'm not going to question if she's prepared, but I want to see right. for myself, are you prepared for, because let's say right now you want to do this, right? Then maybe later on in the future, you know what? I want to pursue something more quote-unquote professional but then the people have seen like oh isn't that what's her name from that thing i watched right. tuesday night yeah i don't think we want her in this company and plus every like you can google everyone now right you know i mean even with the stage name your stage name is connected to your real name when you google it most of the time and then people can see that so you know i mean if this is a lifelong career she's fine if it's a part-time you know just be aware for that's you know for what's to come and I want to talk about something a little bit like uh, a little bit like like two things that kind of coincide with each other a little bit. I want to talk about the Friends, uh, uh, the Friends cast officially signed on to HBO Max reunion, and the Batman suit leak. Now, I don't watch Friends. Do you watch Friends? Nope, don't watch Friends. Nope. Never watched it. I don't like shows with laugh tracks. <laughs> I the only one the only show I liked that had that well I don't know if it's the only show no two shows two two shows was Frasier because I mean I didn't laugh when everyone laughed but like when it was funny I laughed yeah and plus I didn't have cable like that so like that's all I had and I watched that 70s show yeah and I love that show like even if I had, didn't have the, the little laugh things, I would still laugh my ass off. Yeah, they always had like a sad emptiness to them for me. Like I don't know, just sitcoms in general, and like um, like those types of shows as well. It's just like they're uh, like I can't stand the Big Bang Theory. Like I just I absolutely I've never been able to get into it. Stand it at all. Like it's just it's just. I, I, I just watch some things and I'm like, who are they making this for? Like, who, who, is, who is entertained by this? Few people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, enough for like, what, how many seasons? Not eight or ten? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people are. And it's, uh, like, I, I remember watching some, uh, like, yeah, it, it, it's just some some things that I just don't I don't follow. But and that's that's my uh, I never really watched too many sitcoms. I guess I watched like Whole House when I was a kid and things like that. Never. The only I can't stand with sitcoms or just certain film and film or TV in general is a character who is unreasonably stupid. Yeah, yeah, like Urkel. Ur- Urkel, wait, Urkel. Urkel's smart though. He's just he's just socially inept. Yeah. He's just socially stupid. Yes, but like when you're like at the point where like how are you? How do you are you? How are you living independently right now? Right. Kind of like, stupid. There's people like that though. Yes. Like in general, like that's a real thing. That's yeah. a, that's a real life thing. But this, but like. 
I don't know how I how I say it. it's just it's, it's it's the portrayal of like like because the people we have in real life most from what I've seen anecdotal like you usually have some type of disability or dependence right but when you're like oh I live by myself and I'm this dumb I'm like oh my god how have you not burned yourself by accident <laughs> it's a miracle but, yeah and um again I'm not gonna talk about friends too much but it is yeah, it's, it's, it's ultimately about the conversation of reboot or or the reunions and I'm I'm very mixed when it comes to and also something else that, that you said to kind of once we um, um, brought something else up but how are you about reboots uh, like in general they're weird I think uh, part of them is a a, a move to uh, play off your nostalgia basically to get you to continue purchasing a product looking for something that uh, you might not get from the new product and that, mm-hmm. that you only had at one point in time. Right. It, it's, uh, and, and another thing too is I think um, reboots also prompt parents to uh, present material to their children with less questioning than if, if it was a new program. And right. one, to, to get into that a little bit, all that, you remember the show All That? Yeah. Yeah, on Nickelodeon, right? Then that was rebooted recently, right? And um, like, like recently, recently? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it was like a, a few months ago or maybe last year at died. some point in time. So that show was rebooted, and um, it's it's like a lot of people will be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that show when I was little." You know, I, I, my my children, I'll let my kids watch that, and, yeah. and they'll probably enjoy it too. But the thing is, it's completely different. It's written by different people in a different yeah. point in time, and and all these different things. Uh, it's not the same show that you used to watch. Right. And, and the same thing with Blue's Clues too. Like all of that stuff has changed. And and I think it's important. Um, I think it's important as a parent to kind of try and proctor as much as you can what their your children are watching to right. understand the information that they're getting. Because uh, yeah, like, oh, like I remember, um, like what's the show? Like I remember Teen Titans when I was younger. Yeah. Not to go. Yeah. Teen the, Titans. Yeah. yeah. The by my perspective, the good Titans, and you know, I was gonna, and I let my little brother watch it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is Teen Titans. This is, yeah. they're, they're back. Oh yeah. And then I watch, and I had him watch it, and then he came back saying some other stuff. I'm like, that Robin did what? Yeah. And I watched. I'm like, the hell is this? Yes, yeah, like dang This, this Titans is. Me, I'm like, no, that's not Titans. This is Titans. What is this monstrosity? And then they have the nerve to say, "Oh well, you know, we did an episode where we made fun of like, I don't care. That's cheap. You're trying to, you're trying to trick me and say, oh well, they they know that they're bad. Like, no, yeah. you're still making it yeah. though. Well, and that's the thing is that it's it's like creating just for the views or the algorithm, right? Yeah. They're they're creating this strange content and making these situations that the Titans typically never would have been in, right? Yeah, exactly. And would have nothing to do with the Titans, no. but because it's uh, it like kids like it and they think it'll fuel it it's it's um you know that's what they turn it out let's get it out there and one one thing that i find interesting is um they they found that pop music has gotten faster over time like the the bpm of the pop music has started to accelerate and and 
it's it's driven by you know it's like that's what we think people are looking for and that's people are what they're looking for and it just kind of keeps moving up and I think why like like it's like that fast because like how how quickly um, information comes and goes yeah so like yeah, now like like now we're perceiving like now children's they're perceiving like things faster but not, it's not necessarily always good because now it's like okay I have new information all right, right. Next, that's gone now I'm done holding on to that now I'm taking in new things it's like when music so music now it's like okay like when you go slow like we grew up well it's yeah we grew up on like you know like slower tempos yeah you know, like even the R&B what was slower even our pop music was slower you know maybe there was a, a bit more uh, denser context to some of the music we listen to and now it's very a lot of it at least at least on the radio because I remember radio used to have like some variety right yes you had like you know your industry pop and your industry rap and insert genre here but there was still like the other side where it's like okay you know they're talking about this topic and they're singing about this and they're harmonizing this but now it's just like all right hey party dancing kissing well and then this is and and i think part of it is like we can detect as as uh, humans that are are partial and spiritual beings you know whatever that means uh, that we can detect when art lacks spirit, right? And right. some of the most moving pieces of art are the ones that we can feel the most because we can feel the emotion and the spirit that the author put down behind it. Like, yeah. for example, a great example is the song uh, Dance Monkey by um, uh, The Tones and I. Uh, I. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with it at all. I've heard the title. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, gonna pretend like it. I haven't heard it. I'm not gonna sing it for you. So, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. But that, that song is like, um, it's just a, a, a artist that wasn't really known about, not really on many people's radar, but like you, you can hear in her voice, like the, right. the soul and the spirit and, and the emotion behind the way that she's singing and it just resonates with so many people because they can feel it, they can feel the sound. And I think personally, that's why I've started like, I, I mean, there are some artists um, ly- with, with lyrics I still listen to, but I found myself switching more to like soundtracks and, and like modern classical music, because right. like, you know, I don't have to worry about like this industry type of like um, local sonic sound. Yeah. I can, you know, you hear like like music from maybe one of my favorite movies, uh, Batman v Superman. And there's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. like 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 this like this orchestra larger than life yeah, type I, of like I, sound. I love the Interstellar soundtrack. Yes, and the, and the Zimmer, man. Hans, like, Hans Zimmer, man, Hans Hans Zimmer, Junkie XL. There's a lot, and like I found myself listening up because like now I don't have now I don't have to try and like persuade myself to, to, to think is this is he or she saying something right. instead, yeah. instead am I trying to decode mm-hmm. these words <laughs> exactly instead like you know you hear the cellos and the trumpets and the drums and the maybe the electric guitar that's inserted in there and in the midst of that classical uh, orchestra you're like oh and it triggers the emotion out of you instead right you know or a type of like thinking or a memory and that's just as, as impactful if not more impactful than listening to lyrical music right and you know and, and I think uh, we can look at like the, the, the Star Wars movies and Disney too you know there's a lot of Star Wars fans that uh, feel like Disney basically disenfranchised the fan base because, oh yeah I've seen because, that yeah it's, it's, it's and I think it's the same thing it's, it's the new creations drifted from the spirit of the original creation right and yeah. and, and uh, I think it's especially important to uh, consider the mythos and the underlying meta stories mm-hmm. behind and, each and the story. True horror yeah, of yeah, it all and, too. And because, like, one thing about uh, like like Batman and superheroes, for example, is those 
um, those characters and a lot of the people that they face, they display archetypes, right? They're very high level archetypes and embodiments of things like, you know, like the Joker is you know, chaos and insanity and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that kind of unpredictable side of things where, you know, Batman is, is, is you know, structure. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's these very high level archetypes that reoccur in, in time oh. and in, um, our lives and that humans experience over and over again. So with the reboots and things like that, it's, you know, I like to see, I, I like film and television that have a purpose and like I'm getting useful information from the yeah. story, useful Art. data. And, 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 and even if it's not like necessarily like, like data, but it's like maybe how um, even something as simple as the, the, the art of storytelling itself, how like, you know, you like when because um, I have there, there's two shows off the top of my head that I really have enjoyed from Netflix like like as in like actual series is The Witcher and The Haunting of Hill House because of the type of storytelling yeah yeah because um, um, for anyone who has to The Witcher you know that's your fault uh, uh, spoiler alert um, it's the non-linear storytelling because you're because we're going between three different timelines that eventually inter like come into the present or oh, well they're they're present and um and the uh Haunts of Hill House is ep- each episode is character perspective until all the characters are together right and and one thing I, I love about the, the Hill House is I, I, I watched the original one I don't know if you've ever seen the original one. That's, that's, one that's one that I grew up with because my parents uh, you know they were young around that time or uh, they, they were born uh, I can't remember when the film was, was released but um, I've seen that one a lot and but I agree like I really love the storytelling um, in the new Hill House because one of the reasons is they're able to throughout the first season they're able to effectively um display that the the supernatural and the spiritual world uh is tied into our everyday life in a manner that doesn't necessarily jive with our concept of time and like exactly. that's 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 one of the things that's like okay well yeah this that that's cool you know and i'm yeah. looking forward to the second season yes yeah, same definitely. here and and but and that's a case where um it's a it's a technically a remake or a spin-off right, right. but but, but the only, they, they the only held the resemblance is the names basically in the house and loosely the concept but everything else is, is generally different about the house and the yeah. story because it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't in the original movie like that and that's not how it was written so what what really makes a remake and, and a reboot is really the power of the, the author and the director right. you know who, who's writing the script and, and, and how much does that script uh, build up that universe right that that the, that exists in that media right. so. and I found myself now because um, like when I was younger I always cared about who was in it and right. like oh it's that big actor the actress I you know who's been in good things I like but now like as you know a writer myself and a barely self-taught director is now I'm now I find myself paying attention to who's the studio that's doing this, yeah. who's directing, who's writing, and then when I, you know now when I read that I'm like, oh I'm I'm not too sure about this movie guys. I'm like why? Because it's like like well it's a great director yeah but like the director's going off what the writer wrote yeah so I'm, who's your who's your all time favorite movie writer movie writer yeah writers and directors writer um uh, right writers um there's so many of them. 
Um, I don't want. It would be the I, director, right? Yeah, I, I would more than likely go towards directors. Um, writers, like I mean, writers are kind of like you know, like they have a good batch and they have a bad batch. So, I mean, my favorite writers and direct. Well, my writer directors is uh, is a uh, Jordan Peele who gave us Jordan. Get Out and Us. I think those are very like ambitious. Like yeah. you know, like even like you know whether with uh, Get Out with the racial undertones or with um, Us with, with the grand symbolism. You know, I like the ambition of like you know what yeah like he won his oscar with the first movie he could just made some generic stuff it was like nah i'm gonna go way further right yeah you know i like yeah i like Zack snyder because i like like it's almost like if uh if you made a if if this it's like if december became a uh a director like yeah. like the the cinema the cinematography and the visual the visual visual storytelling is so like like it's so like um, del- delicate, delicate, right, right. yeah. Um, I mean, of course, there's your Givens, Quinn Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you want to see some good blood, violence, and just some fun storytelling, there's right. him. Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, because he's just like old. He's still old school. He still does film. He's so he, his structure and his way of thinking is just very. It, it just it gets me every time. And I'd say writer. Also, I he technically co-writes a couple stuff, but. He doesn't write it all. Actually, I'm gonna just count this because his he's had a lot of adaptations. Is Stephen King? Yeah, he has really great adaptations. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I love, I love, I love all yes. this stuff. Um, uh, for for me, I would have to say that. Uh, um, Stanley Kubrick's films. Are God, awesome. I forgot. Oh my God. Visually, visually, and then uh, uh, the Coen brothers, Joel and Ethan Coen, like they, yeah. they're, they're, they're just very, very skilled storytellers and writers. So I think it's very good. I forgot one. Michael Flanagan. Michael Flanagan. He is a very up and coming one. He did um, uh, the better version of Oeg. Yeah. He did the Haunting of Hill House. Okay. He did, I think, either Ger- no, He did Gerald game 1922 and he did Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Which was the sequel to The Shining. Very good. He's very Who is that again? Mike or yeah, Mike Flanagan. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's done some yes, like he did the Haunted Hill House that we both like. Yeah. And a bunch a couple of the Stephen and like Stephen King products. I'm like, okay, you know what you're doing. Yeah. He has a kind of a good vision and he's very atmospheric. I like that. Yeah. Sure. But you were saying though, you you said Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, uh, and, and and the Coen brothers for sure. And I recently watched the Ballad of Buster's Brothers. I like that. It was a good movie. I like that. Have you seen it at all? Or? I've seen the title. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to uh, you should, just finish you should, my. You should watch it and, and just uh, you know take it from uh, watch it from an artistic standpoint. The, the brothers are they're very smart and they uh, they take very very careful time in this story. So have you ever seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou with uh, George Clooney in it? I have it saved in my Hulu. Yeah, yeah. See, you got to watch that, and that is actually uh, it, it's slightly based off of Homer's Iliad. If you remember Homer and the, and the Iliad, it's based off of that slightly, and they storytell it uh, in in the South, like in in, uh, in the U.S. in the South in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really it's a good one too. It's, it's definitely good, but. Um, 
I would recommend Bold Room for when you get the chance to. Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, that re- it, that's what Reading was turned out to. It's all about storytelling. Right. So. I got two more topics and then we got to dip. Okay. Because your boy yeah. has to work today. Um, one of them, and this one is, I'm not going to say it's controversial just because of like how our Constitution is set up and whatnot, but this one just kind of bothers me as someone who enjoys film and maybe one day I want, would like to write film. Like, for like, a, like my dream company is Warner Brothers. But um, that's hope. Oh, that's wishful thinking. Is um, I'm a big Batman fan. Yeah. I mean, it's evident in yeah, this room, yeah. y'all can't see, but there's Batman shit everywhere. <laughs> and you know, Robert Pattinson was named the new Batman. Um, I'm I'm watching his his his, his films except Twilight. I've seen enough of those. Yeah. And like I'm seeing that he has great ad- acting chops. I'm giving him a chance. They just released like a little camera test teaser of the suit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is good. I like it. Right. it. It it's giving me confidence. But what I'm really not liking, and this isn't on them. But it's on um, like people who you know like like sneak on like sneak onto like the set or something take photos right. of like oh here's the overall suit and here's like what, you know what are they doing here like they're right. I'm, and I'm just I don't like it I mean yes you know everyone wants to like know like what's the movie gonna be about and what's it gonna look like but I think it's just not fair when you have like these people who like take the like like take like take these videos and photos you know and like in the photo the doesn't look 100% awesome. Right. But, you know, under the correct, you know, like lighting and, and on the right shot, it will, I know it will look great. Right. But people are saying, oh, this looks like, this looks like crap. It looks like someone went to Home Depot and <laughs> put it. I'm like, you, can you, can we just wait? Yeah. And my well, thing is... They might I, have to like CG layers over but, that outside. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just... I don't, and I don't like leaks when, when it comes to movies. Like, let me be surprised. Right. Stop. I, I understand people have a job. They got to try and snap something. But I think, in my opinion, movies should be off limits. Right. You know, well, let, and, and here's the thing. Uh, the person who took that picture had permission to be there, and they probably also signed a non-disclosure agreement saying they were going to take pictures. So, I mean, as far as, like, whether it should be allowed, it's not really allowed to begin with, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's probably against the law. And, and so uh, another thing is is maybe uh, the studio leads it on purpose to kind of get uh, a little bit of feedback or, or just for hype, right? Because, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you you run a higher risk of disappointing the audience. Um, uh, like, look at the Sonic film, for example. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the the, the the first one. Yeah. yeah. How much kickback? Because the uh, the people who create the thing, they they read some of the comments and the mm-hmm. feedback and stuff, and they they did an overhaul of that video. And I think the studio went out of business or something like that. But or they they spent all their money on it. But uh, uh, I saw that movie too recently. Too. Was it good? Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's. For kids, yeah, I'd say. Um, and the only thing I did not like, well, it's a very by the numbers story. It's like, oh, Sonic has to get here, but he doesn't yeah. have to get here, so he's gonna team up with this guy who's gonna go 50 miles an hour. And they've like shown that Sonic is like, well, be able to, well, within his right to, I mean, his ability to break the sound barrier, right? Exactly. So, and gener, and however what it is, he generates all the electricity, but. It's an okay movie. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't like I was hoping for some like a doll into windows in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like there isn't. Right. And have you seen uh, uh, 
X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure, well, I'm sure you've probably seen it's this clip. Good. It's good, too. But I'm, but I'm sure you've seen this on, on Facebook. You see, like, Quicksilver, like, running through, like, and, like, everything's, like, kind of moving slow. He's, like, up, of course, like, moving through. He's yeah, moving yeah, quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. They legit just, like, hey, you know what? We're going to take that, and we're going to just put that a couple times in the movie. <laughs> but Jim, Jim Carrey shines, as always. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Jim yeah. fucking Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that, yeah, I want to I wanna go see it. It's, it's a good it's I want to see the new Call of the Wild. A lot of people are upset about how the dog looks because it's so CG. Well, yeah, but I'm. I mean, I mean, the trailer showed me it's a CG dog, so I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna just disregard that and just yeah. look at the dog's personality, because now, like, you know, with like, I mean, with all respect to like, with respect to animal rights, you know, we can't put through, we can't put, we can't put animals animals through certain things anymore. Right. Well, so, and, and how are you gonna get a? You can't like some of the things that they're doing in the movie just aren't possible for an animal. No, like, you can't train an animal do it. And, yeah. The, the thing too is like kids nowadays and like CGI like they're so used to it like there are things that are just it it doesn't bother them as much as I think it does us yeah because we, we our, our brains are just conditioned like that's that doesn't look right and I think uh, I think Buck was part wolf and part uh, mastiff right something like yeah, that yeah something. I think uh, he's a big dog he's a big yeah, boy yeah, yeah I can't I can't remember exactly what it was but I want to take uh, uh, my son to go see that I think that would be good it's a it's a it's it's a fun movie though I'll say that I'm, I'm not gonna say cause I'm not type of, if I don't like a movie I'm not gonna say it just sucks I'll say you know what here are the good parts and here's to me if they manage to get a sequel here's what they could improve on you know cause we're always so quick to say oh this sucks like you know what it wasn't that good here's what they could have done better yeah. hopefully they'll see that coming cause they're obviously listening to people yeah. um I, I was thinking of Jack London's White Bang White Bang is that oh uh, Buck is Buck is a half St. Bernard and half a Scottish Shepherd. So, and and that's a hard a hard look to get, right? To, mm-hmm. to, to nail that. But and, and the dog looks good. I mean yeah. it looks like those two breeds. So um, I, I think they did be good. I haven't seen it. And um oh the last movie I saw too was uh, the Holly Quinn movie. Oh, how was that? Birds of Prey, right? Yes, Birds of Prey. See, uh, and do you feel like these movies are uh like good story wise or are they just uh trying to like stroke in the comic book thing? I think um I feel like uh, honestly I feel like uh, my, yeah, my only that. gripe with the movie is take out Birds of Prey. Birds of I'm I'm gonna spoil one thing. Birds of Prey is like literally like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. I think if it was just it was just Harley Quinn, I would have enjoyed it more. But because What's I'm Birds of Prey in general. Birds of Prey is these group of, of, of female heroes, Black Canary okay, yeah, and, yeah. and a few other people and a huntress and a few other people who like just like fight crime. Yeah, it's like gotcha. it's like a sub Justice League basically. Gotcha. But it was so Harley Quinn heavy that yeah. that I was I was upset because I see Birds of Prey. Right. And even though they changed the title a little bit, I'm still seeing Birds of Prey. Right. If they said this is Harley Quinn, oh, and Birds of Prey are in here, yeah. I would have been more hyped. Yeah, see, I didn't, I had no idea. So it was, it was in a, like, I but was like, as, oh. a, as a story, though, yeah. I liked everything except, like, uh, do you know what a, a MacGuffin is? Like, a, like, like uh, it's basically where, like, the movie centers around an object that you have to, they have to, an object or a place that the 
the characters have to get yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. or attain. Yeah. And I don't like MacGuffins. Yeah, yeah. Because then I'm then like the whole plot is driven by oh we have to get the I mean even with Infinity War like yeah, it was a yeah we, yeah we got yeah exactly we got to get the Infinity Stones before Thanos and yeah. then, oh he's getting them like okay so the plot is I have to get these I have to get these rocks before he does that's awesome and this movie it's it's interesting we got to get this thing with the kid and 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 also how they did the kid was such crap because the kid is is portrayed from a character and the character she's a fucking badass yeah like mm-hmm. fucking badass and this girl's just like oh, I'm scared and I'm like no you're supposed to be a badass I don't care if you are a kid in the comics even as a kid you are a badass I don't like that but I have nothing against like I mean I mean I mean some of my friends are trying to say oh well it's a chick movie so you know it's gonna suck I'm like you know if a movie's good and it happens to have women I'm okay with it yeah. I just don't like it when the sole thing is like um, like how it was with Charlie's Angels where it's like men, women are awesome and men suck yeah yeah it's like you but, can and it's like it's like writing there's a have you ever seen the show Sabrina on Netflix I've seen glimpses of it because Fantasia watches it. Okay, there's this uh, there's this episode and it's about being top boy, like literally. So, uh, so to give you a rundown, Sabrina's at this academy and it's like the dark academy or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, um, the whole premise of the episode is that Sabrina wants to win and be the top boy of the academy. And it's like she's a girl and normally only top boys can compete in it. And and so. Um, uh, we're watching this episode and I'm like, please just write something else into this script other than just the top boy stuff. Like make make there something there's something else in this episode. Like have some sort of deeper plot. Like just yeah. don't make it so predictable. And it was like And it was. That's all it was. And it's like, come on, like why who are you writing this for? Because it's not not it's obviously not somebody who's uh, wanting to pay attention to the story. <laughs> and my thing is too when it comes to those type of stories is like, you know, um I've written a couple books also published I sold $96 worth of books which nice. which is okay but um, um it, hey you know man come, j- jump right back jump in here with us well you know the, the, there's room in the pool yeah, you know no one's peed yet yeah eventually I'm gonna write a sci-fi book I'll be waiting I need, uh, I need like another decade of experience in my life before yeah. I write it do you know how you get good at writing the writing no yes. no I, I just need like the life experience you know the, the writing part I'm not too scared about it's just uh, you can just do some research too man I'm doing, I, I'm doing I, a sci-fi right now I might do like a couple of stories or something or even a short story everything and like let me know when it's out then yeah yeah but um, my thing is this though like um I think a character fails if the their only the only great thing about them is that they have is is, is just their genitals. Yeah, yeah. Like there's I have had a couple books that I have written right where I wrote the character and I always challenge myself with this. I think TV show writers and movie writers should do this too as well. Is if you change the gender of your character, is your character still good? If they're not, you have written a poor character. Yeah, right. And. And you know, like I have one book uh, coming out where um, where originally this character was supposed to be a woman, and I say, okay, I'm gonna see if, if it's good as a man. And you know, and, and as I'm as I'm planning, I'm like, yeah, planning it out. Like, yes, it's still good, so I'm gonna just do that. And I have another one where it was a group of boys. And I said, okay, 
make them let's make them girls and let's see what happens and it's still just as good and I think that is where it's you have a good character who's strong who happens to be a woman because I know we've seen the articles of oh it's a strong strong female character I'm like just make a strong character and then see who's good for the part right you know don't make the character like don't give them don't worry about male um, attributes or female attributes make the character good if the character's right. good then let whoever is good enough to play the character play it and then you have a good character and a good story right exactly that's how you turn away male viewers and female viewers is when it's like oh so because he has a penis I have a penis that means that now I have to like this character right right I've seen I've read I've seen movies with all dudes where it just sucks because yeah, like yeah, yeah look at the testosterone except yeah. except oh, Rampage except with Rock Johnson oh my God Rampage is the worst freaking movie in the, I'm sorry if uh, if if you're listening Rock don't hurt me but uh, Rampage sorry I am just so you know Rock I'm scooting far away from him yeah did I, you like Rampage I enjoy oh, it's it's no. it's a oh, no, it's a I'm movie sorry. That, my feelings aren't hurt. Trust me. The only time you'll hurt my feelings if you say like Batman v Superman sucked. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you like the movie. Like I'm not sorry. I said that. I, I think it's a. I think it's a good one-time viewing. Yeah. Like like Harley Quinn. It's it's a movie that I can watch one time, enjoy it. But I'm not watching it again, even with someone else who hasn't seen. It. I'm like, um, you enjoy yourself, but yeah. I'm not watching it again. I think the only thing I liked about it was um. Right. Yes, he's just so. He's just. He's like. He's like Chris Pratt. He's just so damn likable that it's just hard to not like it. Um and uh damn. I I think we'll make this last one real quick yeah, too. Yeah. Artificial intelligence. Okay. And I know that's a very hard topic to dwindle down, but you brought this up in a topic, and I didn't know how you to go how you wanted to go about it because I I have a ro- wide range of like. Do you mean like just the simple Siri in my phone or Alexa or like we're like creating programs to independently think so uh okay so it's a tough one right Mm -hmm. so machine learning is kind of what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. uh and so artificial intelligence kind of implies a sentience to me in a little bit or at least highly advanced machine learning Mm -hmm. algorithms maybe synthetic sentience too yes as well yeah so what do you how do you feel about uh artificial intelligence and what do you feel it is and just the uh, aspect of it my opinion on artificial intelligence is that um it's a very slippery slope Mm -hmm. because we as human beings, like, you know, we get so caught up in the ambition and the spectacle of the new discovery or the breakthrough that we don't create boundaries, regulations, and limitations. Right. Because we want to be limitless, but sometimes I've noticed that we need limits. If we don't have limits and boundaries and restrictions, we end up doing too much, which will be in my book later in the future. But uh, uh, my thing with artificial intelligence is, I mean, I'm okay with basic level, like my phone, for example, uh, I have a slurred speech yeah and my phone over time Siri knows when I'm doing the voice to text she knows what I'm trying to say now she Apple music monitors how um, monitors the music I listen to say hey you've listened to this and then they'll hit you with a playlist of like of like favorites chill and new yeah and I found a lot of great music on my new because it monitors and and figures out my own patterns yeah and like okay he listens to like really conscious rap and and on um, soundtracks and the occasional R&B let's here's new people who make that stuff and right. but but the, it, the problem I have is when we give the the AIs too much independence 
you know and we allow them because i mean i mean how many movies have we seen where ai is like think oh well human beings are terrible on their own why don't either we eradicate them or we overthrow them and then we can keep you safe right right and because i mean i mean going into i mean if you look at the world history just period like both the good and the bad right you know you can go to whether it's um um settlements wars slaveries um um democracy achievements the ai is going to look i mean if you give um, an ai depending on like what kind of ai that much independence to look at us as a whole yeah they're gonna see oh y'all are y'all are not that good right like y'all had this thing called the salem witch trials yeah trials and then you just killed a bunch of people yeah you, you, you kind of suck yeah well see they could also look at it as a form of learning in the process and another thing is when we get when we get a very uh, powerful and sentient AI it's going to be able to uh, put together patterns and understand the universe in a fashion that we don't necessarily understand so uh-huh. um the the biggest the biggest concern with it is I think like the evil getting a hold of it right because we're, yeah. we're we're taught through uh, history and like especially in the formation of our country that power consolidates and corrupts right yes. and we also see that technology also consolidates and falls into the hand of the corrupted mm-hmm. right or or the the people with the best technology are able to be corrupt because they have the highest and, mm-hmm. and most improved technology exactly so. they have the means to to kind of outmaneuver and outsmart your enemy because now you have this thing that, that can detect this or hack this or implant this right. or or misinform X, Y, and Z. And so that's such a... That is, to, and and to, to break it down uh, real quick to wrap everything up, right? And maybe we'll have a, another conversation in the future I'd that goes to. into a little bit more depth about this. Um, uh, it goes into the progression of consciousness through space-time, if you would get into the, my opinion of artificial intelligence, because like I believe that consciousness isn't just something that exists individually in your brain. I think there is some sort of electromagnetic connection between all of consciousness as it moves through the universe, uh, one way, shape, or form. Um, whether that be like God observing us in one way or shape or all of us being connected uh, somehow on a frequency or something in the background going on. But consciousness seems to persist through time and animate different things. So uh, animals are conscious, trees are conscious. All of that has a form of universal consciousness to it. Even, even mushrooms have some sort of consciousness because they're interacting with uh, the universe in a way. All, right. all living things, right, uh, have that. And even even things that aren't living can seem to have a consciousness in the way that it acts. So I think I think um, I think that I used to be afraid of artificial intelligence and a lot of the Terminators stuff. It was like, <laughs> yeah. this is this is going to be very bad, and it has the potential to be very bad. So we have a responsibility to make sure that that doesn't happen and try and prevent it from happening. But uh, what we might see happen is the really bad AI come along and then uh, there's also really good AI and they fight a war and it's a development of consciousness. But basically, I feel that artificial intelligence and um, silicone-based life forms uh, are going to walk alongside humans or walk ahead of humans in in the development of consciousness persistence through time and space because we can't keep these physical bodies and do all the things we need to do. Like we, we get radiated to death, we've got soft, gushy meat sacks, so mm-hmm. we're going to need to 
uh, work with artificial intelligence to more, learn more about the universe and understand right. what's going on. And that's where I see the large potential is because we could either, uh, there's two directions that can go basically. We can either enslave ourselves for like thousands of years with, with robots <laughs> basically, yeah. or, or uh, they become something that we walk alongside with and work with and they help us discover uh, new things about the universe and, and it's a part of the tool. It's almost like it could be the next step in the evolution of understanding what's going on and it might be the natural way that how it has to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my only thing that I say about it, and I know it comes up as negative, it's just the, the I'm just very aware of the, again, the slippery slope of if we, we still need to, as we, as we evolve this thing, create just boundaries like, okay, we've, we can do this, now let's keep it in this bubble for a little bit. Right. Okay, now we've secured that, it can't go too far out, now let's move to the next step yeah. and keep kind of like, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a child, you know? You know, you, you know, once your child learns something new, yeah. you want to make sure that it has the proper information so that like, like, like when your child curses, you know, at first you think that's hilarious because because yeah. Charlie just said that by some F word, but they're like, uh, you know, you're too young to say that right now. When you get much older, yeah. you can say that as much as you want, but right now that you just can't do that. Okay, so what if what if we are in the process of that? What if we are that child getting talked up to that conversation so we can have a larger conversation with that what's is, going on in the universe? And is, what if what if us and our consciousness and existence is all the precursor to getting to that point and this is all a process over time and that's why it's very important that we make the right decisions and try to better the universe because we can take it either way right we can make it hell or we can do something good with it and um I think uh, I think the concern is, is definitely worth warranting, but yeah. I think we should definitely talk about this in the future because I've got some smart home devices and we'll talk about that stuff and stuff like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, thank you for being on your day. Yeah, yeah. Thanks it's, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I always love a good conversation, you know, with uh, different minds. And you know, in the future, in the next podcast, I want to get into like more heavier topics, especially yeah. especially some of the ones you've brought up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, to, maybe we'll, I'll force you to talk about some of the weirder stuff that I talk about too. We can get into like some some aliens and ghosts and stuff like that. I have ideas about aliens very very narrow about ghosts yeah. to an extent yeah. and um, some of them and some of these topics though I know most people are afraid of are afraid of because uh, uh, I'm sure not sure if someone's going to listen to this episode or not yeah. but I know like there was a conversation had between my wife and yours yeah. about what we can and cannot talk about and you know I do want us to talk about certain things because Wait, that you and I can't talk about? Well, that they're nervous about us talking about. Oh, uh, that's that's funny because I'm, I'm not nervous about talking to anything. Well, well, it was spoken to me that, that there was some sort of like tension about... Um, difference of ideas, ideologies, and yeah. opinions. Well, that's and, why it's just more fun. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's, I'm always. I mean, even if I don't agree with someone, like, because I had a conversation with one of my friends not too long ago. I'm, 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 I'm having a hard time in any of this episode, but yeah. just in a nutshell, I have no problem disagreeing. You know, as long as we're res- respectful, we're we're trying to listen to other person's ideas without the intent. To, well, well, in, with the intention to understand, yeah. not just say, "Oh, I'm going to wait till you're done talking, and I'm going to say my thing." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, well, and and. 
I'm like I'm the same way. I'm the I, I always find it interesting because I'm the type of person who like if you present me with information that like makes sense and it contradicts what I believe, like I'll take it and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll add that piece in my book because like we're all we're all trying to figure something out. It yeah. doesn't matter what it is, and like I. Um, you, you don't come off as a type of person where like you'll get shut down in a conversation. Doesn't matter what it is, you know what I mean. And I think we can both objectively talk about things. Yeah. And, like, uh, I mean, and we're, we're not just talking about emotion. You know what I mean? When we discuss things, there's there's some some reason to yeah. why what we're discussing. So. Yeah. And you know, um, I can't wait to get into that. You know, um, hopefully my friend will be here with. We will have more better sound equipment, yeah. and I just look forward to more conversations, man. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, it was good uh, being around and. Uh, I look forward to listening to the podcast. I and can't. you're going to come by next time just, just just for the hell of it, just to hang out with all of us, okay? Yeah, yeah, sounds right. good. Well, um, you have listened to the Unapologetically Loud podcast. We're not I, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, not sorry. Um, this has been Lamocracy, and uh, thank you for being with us, and goodbye. So now I'm-